Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello guys, you're so welcome here today to this podcast, which deals with all things in relation to narcissistic abuse, understanding it and surviving it, and actually going on to thrive. you're welcome so welcome back to the channel um we're gonna continue today with the three-part video series on teaching other people how to respect you and we're looking at that from the narcissistic dynamic as always today's video is going to be three things to do that force the narcissist to respect you it can kind of be handy to go over this for ourselves in relation to how we proceed forward post-narcissistic abuse in relation to having our needs met in a healthy way and having people respect us. So these kind of criteria apply in everyday life as well, but I'm particularly going to look at it from the narcissistic perspective because Guys, that's what we're learning about here and that's what we're studying and investigating so that so we can proceed and protect ourselves against getting into another dreadfully cruel, narcissistically abusive relationship. So the three things, let's get into it. OK, a very, very simple fact about narcissists that I found really useful to keep in my head, and I hope it's the same for you, is that they're emotionally immature. So if you can think of yourself as dealing with a child, I, I know this is kind of counterindicative or it's hard sometimes to do because narcissists, be, you know, they come across sometimes as being supremely confident and people that know everything and that are able to give you information and tell you how to do things and how things should be done. But this confidence isn't innate. This this is, I mean, confidence is a, the way people perceive other people to be. But with the narcissist, it's arrogance rather than confidence. And they're projecting the false mask to you and they're projecting a confident image but it's not based on solid foundations. It's just character trait acquisition from other people. They make that mask up of everything that they've observed and absorbed from other people. So it's actually arrogance. So don't be fooled or false footed by this 
person that comes across to you as 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 being really in charge. They're not. They're actually emotionally children. So if you can get that into your head, you're on a winner in relation to dealing with narcissists. So the first thing that I would say is in relation to the three things that force the narcissist to respect you or anybody is consequences. Consequences to behavioural actions. And this can be good consequences or bad consequences. So if the narcissist's behaviour is bad towards you, imagine that. Sorry for the sound effects. Remy's in the study here with me. Um, Imagine the narcissist being behaving badly towards you. If you put a consequence in place to every behaviour that is not acceptable to you, and if you commit to that consequence, the narcissist is forced to respect you. Remember, as kids, like as children, children push boundaries to see how far they can get with you, to see how malleable you are, to see how much control over you they have, to see how much they can twist you around their little finger. So if a child goes to a parent and is getting away with behaviour and the, the parent says, no, no, Johnny, that's not good. Don't do that again. Mummy doesn't like that or daddy doesn't like that. And Johnny looks at the parent and goes, hmm. Johnny goes and repeats the same activity again. And the parent comes in and says, no, no, Johnny, I've told you before. I don't like you doing that. That's not good. Be a good boy or a good girl and don't do that again. And Johnny goes, hmm. And off Johnny goes and does it again. That's the narcissist in effect. And Johnny will push the boundaries further. Not only will he do that action, but he'll go a step further. And that's what the narcissist does. So if you, it's it's really hard to bring in consequences. I mean, I don't know if any of you guys have dealt with teenagers and they just will not do what you ask them to do or they'll misbehave and continually say, come in late. Sometimes you have to bring in really hard consequences, like maybe tell them that they have to leave the house, that they're no longer welcome in the house. And that for an empathic person is extremely hard to do. But sometimes to get through to somebody, if you bring in bring in small consequences initially. And if those don't work, you have to up the consequences. If the disrespect coming from that other person gets worse and worse and worse, your consequences have to get harder and harder and harder until they know you will not accept this behaviour. And if they want to be with you in your life, um, benefit from your resources, this is your boundary as such this is your point of no return and they can keep pushing it and if they keep pushing it you'll push further back and further back until it cut off time when you will no longer interact with them and they've got to know that you're serious about what you say and that that boundary and that cut off time will be adhered to. So you don't threaten and say to the narcissist, if you do this again, if you cheat again, I'm going to leave you the relationships over. If they cheat again, you've got to go. Or if you accept the cheating initially, you know, and you do have a discussion and you don't know they're a narcissist, but you say this is my boundary and you don't keep to that, there's no consequences for their action, then 
they're going to do it again. They're kids. They are not emotionally mature or developed. So that's the first way you get a narcissist, force a narcissist to respect you because they're at that level intellectually, or sorry, emotionally, intellectually, that they, they, they can't compromise or understand or see negotiations or they don't respect it. So then you're not going to get the result you want if you don't impose consequences with these people. The second one is the old favourite. Um, again, taking it from the child's point of view, if you respond to a bad behaviour rather than react defensively, the narcissist is forced to not be able to project that bad behaviour onto you as you being at fault for it. So take, for example, Poor old Johnny's getting a right hit today. But let's take Johnny again. Let's say that Johnny says, I hate you. You have caused me. You made me do this because you wouldn't let me do that. And that's why I had to do this. And I don't like you. You're a horrible person and you're not fair. And you go back to Johnny and say, I'm not a horrible person. I'm really fair. And it's not my fault because, because you know, whatever. And you start defending yourself. And Johnny kind of looks at you and goes, OK, I got to her. Hmm. I got to her. I got to him, you know. Hmm. I can try this again because then they forget about what I've done and they think, you know, it's something to do with them. And then the next day, my mom apologized to me, you know, because uh, because she thought because I gave her enough excuses and I told her that I was unhappy with her and that she should be a better mom to me. And that's the narcissist again. That's the narcissist, like take the cheating example again, saying, you know, you know, you didn't love me enough. Um, you know, we weren't having sex. Um, you know, this is this is totally projection now in the narcissist's point of view. You know, unless you can give me more in the relationship, you know, what, what can you expect from me? There's two of us in this and you may have been totally and fully, you know, contributing to the relationship, but the narcissist will turn it on you. And if you then start to defend yourself to the narcissist and say, I do do this, I do do that, then they get into a conversation with you. No, you don't. And do you remember that time when you did this and that? And then instead of responding, you have reacted and the narcissist has distracted you from the actual issue in hand, that they were unfaithful, that they betrayed the relationship. And then it becomes, if not all about you, half about you, where there was no actual valid you know, they weren't making actually a valid point. They were using it to distract you. And because you react and actually give them fuel at the same time, um, they don't respect you because you're not standing in your ground. You're not able to push that back onto the narcissist and say quietly and calmly as, as much as you can say, actually, no matter what, I did. Um, it's interesting that you feel like that. But no matter what I did, I didn't cheat on you. So you have cheated on our relationship. And that is that is the state of play. 
Nothing else is actually relevant to that. We can have a discussion going forward about what we're going to do about it and how we both feel about what you have done, the fact that you have cheated and broken the bond of our relationship. Um, what do you have to say about what you've done in relation to your action? So if you put that barrier down and, you know, you're being reasonable, you're you said you're going to talk about it, but you want to establish the fact that you are not responsible for the narcissist's bad behaviour. You put it back at them because you've responded, not reacted and taken it on board. And again, if you say to little Johnny, little Johnny, what you did was wrong. And if you do it again, this will be the consequence. I'm sorry you feel that mom or dad are being unfair to you, but we want to give you, um, we want to show you how to be a great boy or great girl. And this is not how you do that. So you are great, but your behavior is not great. I just had to add that in there for the bit about children because you don't want to tell a child that they're not good, but you just address their behaviours as not being good. It's really important to differentiate between that. You can also do that with the narcissist because narcissists tend to be extremely defensive and say, while I love you um, as a person, I don't love your behaviour and your behaviour is not acceptable you'll definitely force the narcissist to respect you if you don't allow their projection of their bad behaviour to become your problem. So you push it right back at the narcissist and they're forced to then deal with their behaviour and how it affects the relationship. The third, and I think one of the, probably the most important one is if you're successful, the narcissist will respect you. And what does success look like? Success can be as simple as being true to who you are and your purpose. So your pillar, the pillar of the person that you are, if the narcissist can't take blows at it that make the pillar fall over or sway around the place or fall back down and not be able to get up, the narcissist is forced to respect something that they cannot overcome and destroy. You're like the, I suppose, the metal that can't be dented. They then, because the narcissists are, how can I say, because the narcissists respect power and control, if power and control can't be knocked then they respect that because that's what they're all about. They don't like it. They hate it. They'll keep trying again, like to push the boundaries or to knock you down. But if they see you staying true to your life's purpose, actually then even being successful in your life, being more successful than them, even when you're with them, that you don't get strayed off who you are and what you're about and the fact that they can't 
get inside your relationships with other people. Now, remember, you have to be fully aware of who you are and yourself. You have to be very strong in your own sense of self. You have to be able to self-validate. You'd be able to be very sure about your purpose. Um, this is the only and the strongest defense against narcissistic abuse. And um, guys, it's not that we didn't have this strong defense when we got into relationships with the narcissist. We just didn't bolster it up. We didn't realize that we needed that defense. So we kind of let our defenses down to join with them, to be conjoined with them, because we can be mistaken into what it is to be part of a couple. Part of a couple, this is my opinion anyway, is not to wholly amalgamate your personality and your purpose and everything with this other person. That's a mistake we can make as empathic people. We need to stay on our own purpose and on our own path, but to join with the other person in the mutual things that we do and the love that we have. But we should never give over ourselves to go on to another person's path. It's not ours. If we stay on our life's path's purpose, if we stay loving ourselves for who we are, for all our faults, for all our imperfections, for all our good points, we see ourselves wholly and not in a black and white way. It's the best defense against narcissistic abuse because they can't break you down. They can't own you. They can't destroy you. They can't take you off your path. And going forward after narcissistic abuse and even with family members or friends or co-workers or people that are highly narcissistic that you come up against in life. If you're in these three elements, you'll never be abused by a narcissist again because it takes too much energy. The narcissist sees you as not being a pushover. You're a challenge to them and they may challenge you and they may spend some time with you. But ultimately, if they can't get by these three defences, they will go on to someone who's a lot easier to deal with. And it's the same, say, in a school setting with kids. If there's one teacher they know, oh, you better watch out for him. He doesn't let you do that. They'll say to Johnny, will say to Jimmy and let's bring Jimmy into it. And they'll decide, no, well, we'll have to go around the corner because Mrs. Walpole is around the corner. And your Mrs. Walpole, she lets us away with everything. So, you know, we'll have a great time around there. And that's exactly what the narcissist does. It's it's just going on to an easier target that hasn't learned about narcissistic abuse, isn't aware of it, maybe is vulnerable, is lost on their path, is looking for is looking for something in their life that is not coming from within, is looking for love, is looking for things that will make the pain go away of their past, is just vulnerable. That's the target the narcissist is looking for. So guys, I hope this has been of help. Remember the three things that repel narcissists, that force them to respect you and that actually bring them back towards you again, which is for a Hoover, because you're an anathema to them. An anathema, I think is the word. They're kind of they respect you because you're in control and because they perceive you to have a power that they can't conquer. It initially makes them feel really bad, really less than. 
but they're enticed towards it again to see if they can knock you down or have another go. It's like a challenge when they get bored with all the easy walkovers that they, you know, that they're they're mulling around. So they're bad enough to want to come back and give you another go if you've been this person that's figured out how to repel narcissists in your life. So it'll deter them from you. It won't actually keep them away from you. They'll have a go at you again. But if you uphold consequences, uphold your boundaries, respond rather than react and be successful in whatever success means to you so that you feel that you love yourself and that you are a successful person. And success can mean you're a multimillionaire or it can mean you you have your own place to live and you're happy in your life. Guys, uh, that's it for now. And if you have any questions, actually, guys, I'll do video on your question. If it's um, substantive enough to make a video about, I'll certainly do that. Maybe do shorter videos. So email me at narxcon, that's N-A-R-C-S, narxcon, all one word, at gmail.com. And I will do my very best to answer any questions that you may have on video. Thanks a lot and take care. And if it's your bank holiday weekend, it is say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.